Welcome to Embracing Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Avis Sparks. Thank you for joining us. I pray that something shared blesses you and encourages you in your walk with Christ. Join me as I speak with this week's guest. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Embracing Abundant Life. I'm your host, Dr. Avis Sparks, and we are just wanting to talk about stress and eating today. Um, with this being Stress Awareness, National Stress Awareness Month, we want to make sure that we're actually learning ways to either avoid stress or actually just managing it, managing it well in, in, in a positive way. And today we're going to be talking with Melissa Rolfs. She is a certified holistic health and life coach, and she likes to help busy women break free from sugar and stress and emotional eating so that they can be calm, confident, and in control. She is committed to empowering women to break free from dieting, emotional eating, and self-image issues so that they can ditch the diet mentality and feel empowered in their own skin and be free to be who God made them to be. After her own tumultuous history of food, withholding, and later in life actually binging, she learned how to deal with the core issues around her broken relationship with food. As a result, she felt called to go to school and learn to teach other women how to do the same. She graduated from the Health Coach Institute as a holistic health and life coach in 2018 and is the proud owner of Free to Be Coaching. She is a proud Boilermaker alumnus and she lives in Tusca, I mean, so if I say Oklahoma, <laughs> Tucson, Arizona with her husband, Chad, and their two children. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Um, do you mind just telling us what actually inspired or motivated you to get into this holistic health and coaching arena? Yeah, it was my own journey. So a little bit of my story is we had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping and we had a two-year-old who had some undiagnosed food allergies and sensory challenges. My husband was traveling a lot for work and I was just diagnosed with PTSD from childhood trauma. So I tried the traditional route with medication and it didn't work for me. I know that it works for some, we're all different and unique and God made us different. Yeah. Um, so because it didn't work for me, I pursued a holistic route and met with a naturopath and learned about vitamins and supplements. And really that's kind of what catapulted me to change my food because of the impact it had on my mood, my PTSD. And with our, you know, daughter having food allergies, it was kind of our eye-opening moment. So that's why I do what I do because of my own journey. And so did your awareness of your, the effects of food on your daughter make you aware of how it might be affecting you? Or it was just one of those things that just happened or was it one brought about the other awareness? Her, her situation brought out the awareness. I never knew that food could have such an impact on mood and behavior. And she was to the point where she was getting sick every night and vomiting. And we thought there was something medically wrong. So we did the endoscopy. We did all of these things. And it turned out it was food. Okay. And I think a lot of the times we don't really... We're not aware of that. Like, we know, we eat to fuel ourselves. We eat for pleasure, but we never consider what our bodies may not be able to actually consume and, and manage it well. Um, so when we talk about just food allergies or just things that actually manage the mood, are there certain like holistic things that actually help with stress? Like, are there things that are out there that says, okay, these are the foods or um, that you can use to actually help mediate 
uh, mitigate stress? Absolutely. There are some foods that are also kind of linked to being more stressful. One of them is sugar. Sugar is really, really connected to stress and anxiety, um, as is gluten a lot of times. Um, Food dyes. I have found personally that foods in their whole form, kind of the way that God intended them without the packaging and the processing, people tend to do better on whole foods because it's not adding a bunch of stuff to our bodies that we, we weren't designed to, to ingest (laughs) in kind of process. So absolutely. There's a huge connection between food and mood and behavior and huge. Okay. Okay. So, um, when we talk about, have you those detox teas and all these types of things, these detoxes, are they actually beneficial? Are they helpful? Or is it something that is another route that we should take when it comes to trying to detox or, or get rid of all these things in our bodies that shouldn't be there? I think it depends on the type of detox. Um, I'm a big proponent of doing like an elimination process to kind of figure out how to listen to your body and how your body responds to certain things. Cause some people can handle gluten and some people can't. I have a client who couldn't do pineapple and there were just things she learned that, oh my gosh, my body can't handle this, even though it's healthy (laughs) and and whole. Um, But again, it's just, you know, tapping into the way that God made you and your unique body type. And I think a lot of times we don't get that message. We have been told a one size fits all, you know, way of eating and do this because it worked for the masses and and we negate the way that God designed us in that process, I think. So when we talk about holistic, it's not just one one size fits all. It's more of trying to see who we are, what works for us. And it actually takes a little time to figure that out. It's not like an overnight thing. And Absolutely. When, when you're dealing with your clients and, 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 and walking people through things, how how long does it usually take to just identify some of those things or just typically not say, you know, everybody's not the same, but in the sense of process, typically, how long does it take to identify what's good, what's bad, what's helpful um, in their diets? I think it depends how connected the person is to their body, because a lot of times we can either be really connected and know how to listen to our body and how it's responding. And other times I think we get so busy and overwhelmed that we forget or we don't tune in or tap in. So I think part of that depends on how aware someone is with their body going in. But I had a woman who within like five days was like, oh my gosh, I figured this out. I have some that have taken a little bit longer, but I just think it depends on where people are at in their journey. So does things like journaling and stuff kind of help with the process or what are, what are things that help with the process? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big proponent of doing a food journal. So you can kind of pinpoint, you know, when I ate this, I felt this way and you can notice a pattern like, oh, well, when I had these foods, I noticed that I feel this way after eating them. But again, I think we get so busy and caught up in life that we you know, to think about what we ate for breakfast yesterday can be kind of like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I did 10 minutes ago. Yes, yes. (laughs) So it's kind of slowing down. I think that's a really big thing too, is to slow down. Oh, okay. So not, uh, so we we journal, we actually have to take the time and say, let's just slow down and actually see what, what, as you said, be in tune with ourselves. Yes, there's a lot going on, but see the value in just slowing down and say, what, what is, how am I feeling? You know, how am I feeling after this meal? How am I feeling after I've done this and say, okay, so should I try to eliminate? Should I try to add? Should I try to um, balance, you know, different things in there? Okay. So when we, so in, in your step of coaching, do you just 
strictly do nutrition or is there other aspects of, of your coaching? It's really not about the food. If we're honest, I think a lot of times it shows up in food. Um, and I specialize in, in people who stress eat, we need to figure out what's causing the stress. We need to figure out what's going on in life. And I'm a really big proponent on getting to the root cause because that's where it all stems from. If you miss the root, you're just putting a bandaid on it and you're not likely to see the lasting transformation. Whereas if we can get to the root and really figure out what's going on, that's where the change happens. So food is a small piece of that, but other things like stress level, lifestyle, sleep, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different pieces that kind of go into the picture for sure. So when, when you're going through this process, is it more of a walking back or is it just, just an overall look? Just saying, let's look at sleep, let's look at this, or is it walking back and saying, okay, you felt this way and you ate this. What triggered that? Or is it a, a component of just looking at the whole picture? It's looking at the whole picture. And that includes that looking back piece, right? So I feel like um, coaching is really good at taking somebody from where they are to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And we need to identify what got them here, which is kind of looking back, um, but also looking at what they can do to go forward and make that progress. Okay. Well, you know, we hear, hear this term comfort foods. Huh? Are comfort foods actually bad or can we make them good? Is that a, uh, you know, because we, we all have those things that we kind of gear towards and not necessarily, do they also always have to be like something fried or mm -hmm. a bag of chips, but is there, is comfort food just bad? Is that just a bad coping mechanism or is it something we can do in a healthy way? I think it can be. I think it all depends on the motivation, right? Like, are you looking are you looking to food to fill a void that could be filled in a different way? Okay. Whether that's, you know, I heard um, a speaker once say, if you're comfortable, you don't need the comforter. So then that makes okay. me think, what are we looking for comfort for? And why are we not turning to the Lord for that? Because he's the ultimate comforter. Um, but again, I think sometimes we get caught up in the busyness and it's, you know, a quick, quick, easy thing um, for sure. Um, so I think it all depends on the underlying motivation of why we're looking for that and why we're going to that. Sometimes, you know, food, I think food is really interesting because there's so much depth to it. Like there's so many memories. We have so many associations with it. And sometimes if you are grieving a loved one, maybe who you're eating something that was their favorite food or something that reminds you of them, I think that can kind of bring you closer to them. So I think it all depends on the motivation of why we're looking to food for comfort and what the comfort is for, if that makes sense. <laughs> so you brought up the comforter. How, how do we get to the place where we're not looking to something to substitute? substitute? How do we actually go to the comforter for comfort in those different situations? How would you approach that or advise somebody to approach, not picking this up, but, but looking up to, to, to Christ and, and, and our Lord and savior. I think the first thing is to be aware, you know, aware of when we're looking to food and what we're looking to it for. And a lot of times that means we need to get curious. Okay. And I love to teach clients how to replace judgment with curiosity because we're so quick at oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. This was bad. This was good. Now I feel guilt. Now I feel shame. Well, let's take that out and let's just ask ourselves why, what am I looking for in that moment? And I think when we know what we're looking for and what we need, then we can turn to him and say, okay, Lord, this is what I need. 
Mm-hmm. Show me how to fill that void instead of going to the bag of chips or the ice cream or the whatever it is. But I think we need to back again and pause and ask ourselves what we're looking for in that moment. So as we discussed um, a, a number of different things, it's like we, we, we're coming back to this notion of just actually analyzing why we are where we are and why we're thinking the way we're thinking. Um so what is the importance of, you know, we're talking, you know, say it's more than just food. So what's the actual importance of like having that, that, that mind, that sound mind or that understanding of where we are right now? How do we get to that place or how, what's the importance of it um, in our journey of dealing with stress, dealing with life, dealing with food? That's a really great question. And what comes up is the Bible verse. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Like that's pretty clear. That's how we are transformed by renewing our mind. And I feel for me on my journey, I was able to renew my mind by knowing the word and meditating on the word and saying the word and being in prayer and really realizing how food was affecting my mind, because I can tell you there are certain foods that I eat and I get foggy brain and I'm not able to think Mm -hmm. my energy is low where there are other foods that really energize me. I feel amazing. I'm like, this is how God created us to feel like he wants Mm -hmm. us to be healthy and whole. And this is how we live optimal health. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times we aren't taught that connection between food and how it makes us feel. We're taught more about food and weight maybe, but I think we can really tap into how foods make us feel. That's powerful. And that's, that's, I think, part of the mindset. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I was talking with somebody and, you know, in in the Old Testament, you find this list of do's Mm -hmm. and don'ts, right? Yes. And and one of those do's and don't uh, parts is about food. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we can, we can get, you know, pretty critical, you know, why didn't yes. they, why didn't he want to meet in that? And why couldn't they touch that? And, but then, you know, like modern day science, you know, people have taken the time to see what was different in these different things that God was saying not to eat or not to take part in. And it was like, even though in the new Testament, you know, he, he spoke and he said, everything I've created is good. You know, it's, it's, it's good for eating. But he advised the Israelites at that point because he knew some of the components in those things that are not the best for our bodies, just overall. And so sometimes even in the word of God, we find that God was trying to give us a little wisdom in that, in the sense of our food selection. And not till modern day, it took a while for people not just criticize, but say, why did God say these things? And then you find out, okay, there was an actual reason I can see why God said, like, don't eat that, you know, because it does tend to cause people to have high blood pressure, you know, it does, you know, trigger this. And, and so I just thought, you know, a lot of times it, we're still catching up to the wisdom of God, <laughs> this yes. of His word, you know, and yes. even though he does give us grace and he go, does give us this freedom, mm-hmm. it's still, it's still, as you said, it's still good to go back to his word and say, what is he saying? What did he say? And why did he say it? Because it's for a reason. And even in, and when it comes in, in respects to food, you know, that's actually found in the word of God. And I just think it's so, it's so he's something else, you know, and it says he's yes. going to say, I care about what you do in a sense of honoring me. I care about, you know, how you handle your health and your mental, emotional and physical health. Um, so as a, as a coach and in, in, in establishing this business, how do you, why do you think, you've been so successful in, in helping people. What, what do you think helps you to be successful in this and, and actually making change and bringing about change in people's life? 
I think it's God. I think that's a big one. Um, but I think too, it's, you know, that verse in revelation, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And I, what he's done in and through me is my testimony. So that partnered with him and his blood allows me to help others overcome too. Cause I think sometimes when we're in that situation and we're stuck, we need to hear other people who've come out the other side because that gives us hope. Yeah. And so that's that testimony. And so I attribute it to that. <laughs> Okay. And if you don't mind, um, just, just sharing uh, just a little bit more of your testimony mm-hmm. since of your struggle with food, not just identifying how it impacted you, but actually getting over that struggle with that, um, with it in the sense of how do I handle it in a healthy, in a healthy manner? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's interesting because when you're in something, you don't realize that you're in it, but when you're out of it, you can look back and be like, wow, okay. So I started hiding sugary food at eight years old in my room and it was kind of a coping mechanism. So I think that was a pattern throughout my life was going to food for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I had my PTSD diagnosis and met with the naturopath and whatnot, a large piece of that for me was going to the healing prayer rooms at our church oh. and had them pray over me. I did some inner healing through the church, some inner work. And I think that is a really big piece because sometimes there's, you know, soul wounds and soul ties and generational stuff that we need to be free from in order to go forward. And so that was a really big part of my journey combined with the naturopath. And that's kind of, I think, what set me on the trajectory. But I also had to change my mindset and my view of food and myself. I had to know that I was worth taking care of. I had to know that I was created in his image and that my body was a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I've been called to steward it. And I don't know that that's a message a lot of people are told. Um, so that's just a little bit more of my story. Yes. And I, as you said, is sometimes we, we don't see with all the things that are going on, the value of who we are, you know, in a sense of he saved us because he valued us. You know, he 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 placed his spirit in us because he valued us. And then it was like we're earthen, tre- I mean, earthen um, chest that holds like this great treasure, earthen vessels. And so with us being earthen vessels, it's, it's our job to maintain them. They, they do fall apart if, if we don't, you know, keep it together. And so it's, 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 it's nice to know that not only are we called for better because he wants more for us, but that he empowers us. As you said, it wasn't, you didn't walk through this thing. Okay. I'm going to make myself better. You went to God and said, Lord, help me to be better. Heal me. Actually, identifying me the places that need to be healed, what needs to be addressed, and walk me through it. And it's, as you, as I'm sure as you can testify, this is not an easy thing. But as you said, I'm worth it. You know, I'm worth it. God saw us worth it when he gave his son for, for our sins because he saw relationship with us worth it. And we have to value ourselves enough to to as you say, stop, analyze, see what's there, what we are, and then see where God would like to take us, where he wants to bring us to. And um, I just appreciate you so very much for coming and just discussing with us this, this aspect of, yes, stress is there, life is there, things are going to happen, but it's important for us to just stop at times and see the value of what's going on and who we are, and then getting over those things. Um, and did you, you you spoke of um, of prayer. You spoke of, of neuropath. Um, 
did you also, and, and maybe you found it in these areas, did you also um, do counseling or therapy during mm-hmm. this process? Absolutely, I did. Absolutely. That was the whole piece through the journey was the counseling. It's kind of funny because we started off in a life coaching relationship. Um, she's a life coach and a therapist, and she had PTSD as well. And she's the one who picked up that I could have it. And so once she identified that, she was like, okay, we're going to switch from coaching to counseling now and going to therapy. So okay. yeah. Okay. And that and was a really, really with, big part. The people who are actually mindful of where you are and seeing what you need. Um, and so how did you find that person? How did you get in contact with that person that you needed to help you start this path? We were in a networking group together. So I found her through a networking group and I knew her and I liked her and I trusted her. And um, yeah, it was a gone thing. <laughs> yeah. And so we have to see that sometimes the things we need, we do have to look outside of ourselves and, and where we are normally just in, as you say, network and find that person, because as the body of Christ, we're here to support and help. Mm-hmm. And, and so everything is, we're not going to find everything within ourselves. He didn't make us that way. He made us as the body of Christ and we're all parts and pieces. And so we have to um, open up ourselves to reaching out and, and getting that help and support and encouragement and, and wisdom uh, from other individuals. Are there any parting words that you would like to share with our listeners or prayer that you'd like to pray for those who are at that place of just struggling with their eating or just, as you said, not being able to get to the place where they can stop and, and just actually analyze where they are in line? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of my favorite stories of healing in the Bible is the man at the pool with his mat. And I love it because Jesus is like, do you want to get well? And the man says, yes. And Jesus says, then pick up your mat and walk. And I think a lot of times we want to pray and we want to just pray and we want our prayer to be answered. And we think we don't need to take action. But what that tells me is that sometimes we need to pray and take action and pick up our mat and walk. So you know, it's just exactly to what you said that we are here in the body. We're here together. We're here to support each other. It's okay to ask for help. We're not intended to do this on our own. If I did this on my own, I would still be spinning and eating all the sugar in the pantry, trying to deal with the stress and the overwhelm, and it would be making things worse. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Okay. Do you mind giving us a prayer? I'd love to. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are the God who saves, that you are the God who loves, that you are the God who redeems, that you are the God who restores, God. And I thank you that you have called us to walk in freedom, God. Your word says that it is for freedom. You've set us free. And so, Lord, I just pray um, right now for freedom for people in any area where they feel stuck, Lord, especially with food or sugar, because I just know what it's like to be in that place. I know the feelings that come up around that. And so I rebuke those feelings of guilt and shame and feelings of failure, God. And I just replace that with your peace, with your hope, with your transformation, with your freedom, God. I pray that you would um, just meet your children where they're at, that you would give them everything they need because your word says that you will, Lord. And I thank you for loving us and saving us, God. And I pray that if there is a struggle with self-worth, God, that you would help people to see themselves as you see them, God, that you would see, that you would just pour the truth of your word onto that lie, God. I pray that any lie would be replaced with the truth, God. And I pray that you would 
do what only you can do, God, in your healing and your grace and your mercy and your love. And so we thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you're going to do. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you don't, before we close out, uh, don't mind just sharing how can people get in contact with you, find out more about you. Um, how would they do that? Yeah, my website is free to be. So free, the number two, the letter B, coaching.com. So free to be coaching.com. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Embracing Abundant Life. And thank you, Melissa, for sitting down and talking with us about stress and food. Thank you for having me. It was great to be here. We here at A Spark Ministries trust that you were blessed by this episode of Embracing Abundant Life podcast. Take the opportunity to subscribe and share. I look forward to hearing from you. So contact me by emailing avis at asparkministries.com and send me your prayer requests, your questions, your impressions, or your topic ideas. If you'd like to find other inspirational material or devotionals or videos, visit asparkministries.com. Also, remember to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We are here to ignite a spark that inspires. We pray God's grace and wisdom walks you through this season.